All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, I've got Jason Pfeiffer, who is the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine and hosts three podcasts himself, Pessimist Archive, a history show about why people resist new things, Hush Money, all about the ways money makes life awkward and problem solvers about how entrepreneurs solve unexpected problems in their business. He was previously an editor at Fast Company, Men's Health, Maxim, and Boston, and co-wrote a novel, which I'm super hooked, by the way, with his wife, Mr. Nice Guy, which is currently being developed for television. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate the, the generous listing of every single thing I do. (laughs) <laughs> well, before we get into some of that stuff, sure. Um, I always like to start this show with just really getting an idea of who you are as an actual human, uh, hence the name of the show. So who are you? What, what defines you? Oh, uh, what defines me? I, you know, it's funny. Um, sometimes you do so many things that you forget what on earth does define you. Um, you know, I have always loved storytelling and I've always loved getting to know people and understanding how things work. That was my starting point. I understood by high school that I was good at writing. I didn't know what I was going to do with that. I got into journalism. I've bounced around a lot, uh, a lot of different magazines. I was not always a business journalist. And the thing that I just came to was an understanding that I love Understanding how things work. I love helping people understand how things work. I love sharing things in my own voice. I didn't really like taking on somebody else's voice, working for a publication where I had to write in someone else's voice. I I wanted to take a kind of leadership role and shape things myself. And, uh, you know, the thing that the thing that has come to fuel me as I spent a lot of time uh, speaking with entrepreneurs and studying the history of change was the the, th- the thing that just it really animates me the most was this this recognition that um, we we look repeat ourselves across time and uh, you know like we we have the same fears over and over again and and entrepreneurs even though they um, are all kind of going through the same shared experience all feel like they're alone in doing it and and to me that all just all sounds crazy. It all just sounds crazy that um, that there's 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 not enough connecting of these threads in people's lives that they can understand that this thing that bothers them now actually bothers a million other people and there's so much information out sure. there and also that these things that you might be afraid of right now like oh this technology is ruining or whatever like these people feared they said the same thing about the radio or about the <laughs> telegraph and it's just crazy and so i feel like uh, i feel like my role is as i've i've spent enough time now um, meeting enough people, telling enough kinds of stories. The thing that I've settled on that I'm just really, really excited about is um, is being that touch point for people, making people uh, understand and aware of that so that they can be more constructive and make the kind of connections that they need to move forward. I love it. I, I mean, I really see that as well or draw a parallel when it comes to questions because uh, that's kind of my game with, you know, what are people asking themselves to, yeah. to grow and, and figure out problems? And it's like, you know, you can go back thousands of years. It's not like this was just started. People like Plato and every like prime ministers and presidents, like they're all asking powerful questions and 
kind of in the round in the same themes that we all grapple with at one point. So the exact same themes. You can go right? back to the earliest. <laughs> you can go even further back than that. You can go back to cuneiform tablets on the cuneiform on clay tablets written by the Sumerians in 5000 BC. And they were all talking about the exact same things that we're talking about now. They're expressing the same humanity, the same challenges. They're also uh, expressing their own versions of, um, of, uh, uh, uh Oh, what's that great phrase of um, nostalgia narratives right, where, where they believe that the time just before them mm. was the better time where things weren't ruined by new technologies and whatever. Like it's just, it's all the same. It's always the same. And so to, I, that, I think you should take comfort in that. And that should be, that should be a liberating observation that you can move forward knowing that not everything's going to fall apart, that everyone is dealing with the same things. Well, this kind of plays into something that I wanted to spend some time with you on because for, for, for me and a lot of the listeners here and the theme around, let's just let's say mental fitness is, you know, taking time to reflect and think and, and process, right? And learn from others, essentially what you're describing. And I mean, I can't help as being a dad myself with one child, you've got two kids, husband, yeah. three podcasts, another novel in the works. Um, I'm less, I mean, I'm less interested in physically how you do it. Cause I'm sure you have some great hacks on that and there's a lot of great tools, but mentally, like, how do you keep your mind clear to pivot around what I would imagine as many projects throughout the week? Yeah. The answer is that I, I have a clear understanding of why I do it, hmm. right? I have a mission statement for myself. And so I'm able to prioritize based on long-term goals. Um, I'm able to think about time in terms of outcome. So I've stopped thinking, what do I want to do in this moment? And I more started thinking, what do I want to say I have as a result of this moment? So what in a week, in a month, in a year, in two years, can I say I have because of the time that I spent right now? And that means that if there is an open amount of time that I'm going to spend it on something that I feel like is going to have a payoff uh, and that's going to build upon itself. I, I would rather, I would rather say, listen to my podcast than I would say, and then I would like to say, I read those tweets, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's just the podcast is more valuable. Um, and this doesn't mean that I'm always working, um, cause I'm not, I mean, to be honest with you, I probably do work too much. Uh, but, um, but I think about time in terms of outcome also in relation to my relationships, right? So sure. time in terms of outcome is really valuable if you're, if you're realizing that, oh, okay. You know, from like eight to 9 PM after the kids go to bed, I, I could work, but if I do that every night, my wife is going to hate me. So <laughs> let's yeah. spend some time. So, um, you know, and, and, uh, and so, you know, you know and, and also one other thing is that I, I've noticed that you, you can take things that feel like challenges to your time and turn them to your advantage. So for example, um, I, you know, I, I, when I had kids, I was, I was very concerned about the amount of time the kids were going to take up, frankly. Uh, and, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, and yeah. And, 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 but, but then what I, what I came to realize was, you know, um, I, I actually, all it does is really just forces me to be very, very strategic with my time because, okay, fine. I can't go out every night like I used to, but that means that actually I can get more done because I'm going to be at home. Um, and so now I just have to be really thoughtful about how I connect with friends 
and how I'm structuring both my work time and my social time. And and in fact, this thing that I thought was going to take away my time, I mean, it certainly does take a lo- away a lot of my time. I mean, and, you know, I should, I guess I shouldn't think of it like that, but frankly, I do. Um, and uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, instead what it, but, but, um, but, but, I, but I've also never been more productive in my life. And what it show, yeah. what that goes to show you is that you can, you can lose time and gain time at the same time. Totally. Well, I remember like before, um, before doing the work that I'm involved with now, we had launched a, a digital journaling app and I was thinking to myself, uh, I left kind of a regular corporate job and, and launched that. A lot of the listeners actually come from that, that ecosystem. And I remember mm. thinking like, you know, I'm not, I'm not this dorm room guy that, you know, has unlimited time and is just cranking on this, this new startup nonstop. And eventually though made a pivot, like, you know, there's actually benefits that I had a, at that time you would have been one or so. And it just kind of comes all back to everything that you're saying about just this force prioritization, right? And being super yeah. clear in what, what you're working on. I think that's really healthy because once you, you, what you realize when you start to talk to really successful people and start to understand how success happens is that you, you, you realize that absolutely nothing happened by accident. Everything yeah. was very intentional and very strategic and everything that you see on social media that looks like people are just like chilling, um, you know, if they're really smart and strategic about it, they, they are not just chilling, they're presenting chilling. And the, the world of success is actually one of regiment and one of systems and it's okay to embrace that. Yeah, Totally. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about something. Either you mentioned this on your show or during a, a past interview, and it was all around the idea of your mind being uh, a filing cabinet of, of some sorts, where essentially oh, yeah. you're, you're pulling everything out. Can you mind just describing what you meant by that? Sure. I mean, that's a that's a metaphor that I've come up with specifically for writing, and the reason is because i I was trying to I was trying to explain to my wife. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this feeling, um, that I have, which is when she, uh, like walks into the room while I'm in the middle of writing something and asks me a question and I'm completely discombobulated. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was like, what is happening in my head? And, and, And what I realized is happening is that, um, is that when I sit down to, to like work on something, to do like deep work, you know, to like, to, to work on something that's going to take me a few hours, um, where there's like a lot of moving pieces is particularly true if I'm writing a feature for the magazine, or if I'm working on a script for my podcast, Pessimist Archive, because those things are like 8,000 word scripts where I've interviewed five to 10 people and I've got all these moving parts and research. And anyway, so it's like, what am I doing? And, and I felt like what I'm doing is that, I'm sitting down and my brain is like a filing cabinet. And to start the work, what I have to do is open the filing cabinet, take every single piece of paper out of the filing cabinet and spread it out on a table, right? Like metaphorically speaking, which is to say that I I need to have like, to me, good writing and good creation is really pattern matching. So it's about, it's about having a bunch of data points in your head at the same time. And then, uh, and then, and then being able to match them to say like, oh, this idea goes with this thing, and then I can bring over this thing, and I can move it all together. And you need to have it all at the surface of your brain at the same time, and that requires some work just by itself. And so when somebody comes in and interrupts me from that, like I, I, I get, I get, yank, I feels like I get physically yanked out of it, or like sure. like everything just shoved back into the filing cabinet all at once. 
And now like it's all gone and, and I've got to, I've got to restart the process of taking it all out again. Um, and I hate it. And so like what I, you know, what I want the most when I'm working is to just be left alone. I want to be in a quiet room. I don't want anybody talking to me. Um, and, um, and you know, that, that can make me difficult. Uh, I realize, um, but, um, but it's, it, you know, I, I have a lot that I want to get done and the only way to do it is to, is to find time to focus on it. Sure. I can just see your wife being like, I don't give a shit about your filing cabinet, Jason. <laughs> right. No, exactly. It's like, we're buying a car. She has questions about it. And I'm yeah. like, can you come back in like an hour? Yeah. It's like I, I uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, I'm very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just on that point, not the annoying point. I think that's, I mean, yeah. I really resonate with working in that style. You mentioned before we, we even hit record about how your mornings are blocked or reserved for writing and editing. Right. Like I imagine, again, like there's a lot going on, but I mean, if you're not focused and efficient with your time, like there's no way you could complete all of that. And especially mm-hmm. that mental switching, right? Yeah. And yes, very much so. And right. So we were talking about how, you know, we're we're talking it's it's two PM my time almost. Um, and so I I try to make sure that like nine AM to if, if I, if possible, like 1 PM, if I can push it to 2 PM is basically just writing and editing and I'll do writing first and then I'll do editing. And, um, and this is because I, this is really a, a, this is really a time saver. I can write at any time, right? I mean, to me, writing is not some amazing creative process. Writing is assembling, like, you know, to write a, yeah. to write a magazine story is to build a house. Like it's all about figuring out where the pieces go. And, uh, but I do it a lot faster in the morning, like infinitely faster in the morning. Right. So I, I mean, I just wrote this morning, I just wrote the cover story for the September issue of the magazine. It took me, you know, like an hour and a half. Um, and, uh, but if I, if I tried to do that at 8 PM, it would have taken me two to three times as long. So sure. why don't I do it in the morning when I can then save time later? Um, so, uh, so, so that, that means that I have to start being really protective of my time and my days. So people make a lot of requests of my time. And, um, and I will, I, I will, I will tell them, um, I can only do it at this time and I can only do it for this much. I mean, I did that. I yeah. did that with you. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I hate to, cause I, I, I'm sure we could have a wonderful hour long conversation, but I just don't have that. And so I just have to be really, um, protective of it. And, um, and, you know, and there are also, I've started making people talk to me at 10 PM, um, because I, I'm in, I'm in mountain time right now. I live in New York, but I'm, but I'm out, I'm staying here with my parents because I have two little kids and we live in Brooklyn. That's not a really easy place to have two kids right now. Yeah. So, um, um, so I'm in mountain time, but most of my contacts and most of the people who reach out to me tend to be in Eastern time. So, um, so I'll often tell people, you know, like I, I'm happy to talk, but it has to be at 10 PM your time because that's when my kids go to bed. At which point I can now talk to you. My, my brain is pretty fried. I don't intend to do any writing. So now that's a good time for phone calls. Um, and, uh, and I'm just, I'm reorganizing my day that way. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Um, I'd love to ask you outside of, you know, prioritizing your time and and being very protective of that. Are there any, especially now and like everything that we're going with, given our, most of our routines have been really rocked. Like Mm -hmm. what would be one negotiable, non-negotiable for you, uh, on a daily or weekly basis in terms of any type of wellness practices to help, you know, to help help your mind do its magic because the, the, the theme I've seen with all the interviews on this show now, and I think we're over near nearing 180 of them there, you know, like people are able to connect the dots or the minds are able to do that, which makes me think of your filing cabinet example. Um, but yeah. you can only do that if your mind isn't 
super fogged and you have all these, you know, all these thoughts and all these emotions running through it. Right. You know, it's funny. I, huh, I so it, it's, it's tough to do that these days. Um, because especially from, I, I mean, you know, I don't know how unique my situation is, but for whatever it's worth, my situation is that I'm, I'm not home. Um, I don't have friends here, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I have friends back at home, but they're not here. We're in Colorado. I don't know anyone in Colorado. So, um, so I don't have a lot of opportunity to socialize. Um, and I don't, um, uh, and so what, you know, we're like, I, we're, we're kind of in a very tight routine of what we do, what we do with the kids every day. Um, you know, in normal times, I would say that, that something that's always been very, very important to me is just, is just, I mean, it's as simple as it gets, but it's just like getting together with friends and not talking about work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's like really valuable. And now I, you know, I've, I've, that's kind of been taken away from me. Um, so, uh, and, and I, and I can't do it on, it's very hard to do it on video because again, um, the time zones are different because my, you know, by the time that I'm done, uh, with my day, my friends in Eastern, especially parents are going to bed. Yeah. So I haven't really talked to my friends. Um, uh, the conversations that I have are almost entirely about work. Um, and it's tough. And so the thing that I guess I'm trying to do is, um, is, is remind myself to engage with things that aren't work. Sure. Um, I, I've, I've had, uh, I, I, there are a couple podcasts that I listen to that are completely ridiculous that I love. Um, so big shout out to Richard's famous food podcast and nice. everything is alive in case anyone's looking for that. So Richard's famous food podcast is like sort of just tangentially about food, but it's really just this insane. It's just, it's production. Like you've never heard it. It's just, it's just the most insane piece of audio production I've ever heard. And I, and I love it to pieces. And, uh, and then everything is alive is, is conversations with inanimate objects, like bars of soap and like, <laughs> Minnesota. Um, awesome. and I just love it. So I'll, I'll try to, you know, I'll just, I'll try to take a walk. Um, sometimes I got to do it, you know, like pushing the baby around in the stroller. Um, but I'll try to take a walk and I'll listen to these podcasts and I'll just like, I'll just like let my brain not focus on anything that's important. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, even, even doing that for 20 minutes, uh, like really, really matters. Um, I, I, so I'm not the best at it, but I, um, but I'm really trying. No, but that's, and thank you. And thank you for being, uh, honest about that. And, and that's, that's, this is the whole reason I do this show. It's like, that comment, you know, a 20 minute walk, listening to some unrelated podcast can be the thing. It happens to be a thing for me as well, but it can be the thing for others that, you know, they're missing in their life to just slow things down a little bit. Right. And, and deal with some of the craziness that we're all going through, but even just regular life in, in general. So super yeah. helpful stuff. Um, last question for you is, is actually your questions or, or my request for your questions. So I ask mm. everyone on the show at the end to provide, and you've provided a few, so I'll, I've taken note of that, but any type of reflective questions that either you journal on or you think about during big events in your life or, or big milestones or just on a, on a regular basis that uh, you'd like to share? Um, hmm. You know, I, I mean, the thing that I always challenge myself to do is to is to, is to ask myself, like, what am I missing? Um, because I, I I'm I've conducted my career by focusing 
um, almost entirely on what is not in front of me instead of what is in front of me. Uh, right. I I've, whenever I get a job and, you know, I include the current job that I have in with this, whenever I get a job, I figure out how to do that job, you know, as, as well as I can, which, which I think is well. Um, but then I'm very focused on what I'm not being asked to do. Like what, what, what opportunities are available to me that nobody's asking me to do? What are the things that I could learn? What are the different ways that I could think about this? If I were just to look at it a little different, if I were to ask, what am I missing? Because I firmly believe that the thing that if you just focus on the thing that you're being asked to do or the opportunity that's already in front of you, then you're never qualified to do anything else. You're only qualified to do the thing you're already doing. So I I want to I want to think about what it is that I'm missing and what where's the bigger opportunity? Yeah. Uh, where is the place in which if I focused on it, it would be transformative. And that, and that sometimes those are big questions, but sometimes you apply that to really small things. Like for example, I, uh, I you know, so I'm working on this next book, uh, which is, um, which is not a novel. It's actually, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a kind of nonfiction thing about, about change and the nature of change. Hmm. And, um, and I've been really struggling with exactly how to frame it and, and how to, how to, I was like, what's the title of this thing? And, and I, I just kept, I kept trying to wedge the word change in, and it just, it like just never really worked. And, um, and then I, and then I came to, I was like, what am I missing? What's the, what are the subjects that I'm missing? What are the ways that people would care about that, that I'm not really thinking about? And like, can I just get myself, can I take every single thought that I've had and just like put it to the side and then look at it a completely different way? And that's when I came up with, um, what came up with the title, uh, which helped me reframe the whole thing, which then I like texted my agent and he immediately was like, Oh, now we've got it. And so, you know, that was, I'm excited about that. But that, that came from, that came from, from constantly reminding myself that the thing that I have is not the thing that I need. Um, the thing that I have is just the starter point, but that the thing that's really going to make a difference is not in front of me or is not in my head yet. And so I need to be searching for that. Love it. Goes right back to how we opened the show on on who you are and that curiosity around words, stories, and just essentially seeking to to understand. So I love how it went full circle. Mm-hmm. I I, I want to just acknowledge you for for taking the time to come on the show, and more importantly, though, Jason, just for you know dialing in your own mind, putting in your own systems, and and putting out awesome work into this world that millions of people get to access. Uh, on a daily basis. So thank you for that. Oh, hey, thanks. I appreciate it. It was great. It was great to talk to you. Um, uh, you know, like so many things, I'm sorry, it could not be longer. Um, but, uh, you know, these are these are the sacrifices we make. So hopefully, we'll, we'll reconnect another time. Absolutely. Absolutely.